Thick Meat on Twitter at Thicker Meat to get registered today for Thick Meat's NFL Survivor Pool at an entry price of 0.1 ETH with only 20 slots available. Join up today at Thicker Meat on Twitter. Peace! Let's be honest, you look like a fucking bum. It's because of those socks. They're dirty, they're holy, and you've been wearing them for a year now. Look at you. Do you even have any dignity? Now look at Eddie. Eddie is full of dignity because he wears Trait Merch socks. Trait Merch gives Eddie the confidence to walk into that board meeting knowing he's the smoothest motherfucker in the room. With two collections already released and several pairs of socks shipped all over the continental United States, Eddie is able to wear his Trait Merch with confidence knowing that his socks are baller as fuck and has already been completely logged on the blockchain. Be like Eddie, get your dignity back and the ability to look your wife in the eye and say, damn it, Martha, I'm not a little boy. I'm a fucking man. Be a man or an extremely elegant woman with great taste and get trait merch today. Your feet will thank you and your significant other won't be so embarrassed to take you out in public. Find them on Twitter at trait merch. Trait merch, protect your feet from rugs. All right, man. Now we got to fucking, uh, you know what it is. We got to jump into the intro and now here we fucking go this painting here i bought it 10 years ago for sixty thousand dollars i could sell it today for 600. welcome to the greatest late night dj show on twitter it's all of us radio and we came to party baby the metaverse crypto hey what's going on lord bro like this is one of the best shows like best shows i've been on you're a phenomenal host no man, Warlords is day one man, I've been a huge fan. I remember the 24 hour spaces, I remember all the spaces when the project launched. Uh, I, when I heard you were going to be here, I had to come to the bar. You know, I'll shamelessly plug Lord Lord's NFT right now. Go ahead and buy that. <laughs> it's going to sit you up here just like I am with, like, legends. I'm not fucking leaving! Right, ladies and gentlemen, you already know what the fuck it is, dog. Uh, we came to fucking do the real shit, that hard work. Doesn't matter what the fuck is happening in the market. Is it up? Is it down? We don't give a fuck here, man. It's all about having a good time. Uh, it's the greatest fucking space. And you know how we kick off every motherfucking space. Brittany, how do we kick them off? How do we kick off the spaces? Let's do the intro. Shut up, motherfuckers. We got fucking Big Bad Web 3 Adam in the house. The legendary Cubified Creatures Club is here. We got Sir Screen fucking holding it down like a motherfucker. Fungibla. Make sure you check out her project, man. That shit is fucking awesome. Big Bad Jacob C is in the motherfucking house. The legendary fucking fame. Basically, a brother from another mother. Dude, I'm in Philly. He's in fucking Jersey. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? We got fucking... Who else do we got here, bro? Uh, Big Bad Jacob C, congratulations on the promotion, motherfucker. Damn! We got a mod in here. Oh, shit. Fucking special. We got brother, not Scotty. Oh, what? Brother, not Scotty. I love it. We got Big Bad 10X in the house. Lord Wynn is here. Mechanical Gumbo. One of my favorite fucking names to see. Whenever I see that, it makes me happy because it's such a unique fucking name. Uh, we got 
Fucking no way, Jose. No mames, way. I'm sorry. I got to say that every single time. We need to make a an All of Us radio t-shirt that says no mames, way. And we got Big Bad Dr. Zenu. Web 3 MD? Is that kind of what I'm getting there? If you're really, if you're a legit doctor, I want to talk to you. I got some, uh, I got some ideas, some plans, some things I want to fucking do. Hey, bro. How the fuck is it going, man? Look, before we get started, I do got to point out real quick. Uh, check out the uh, ad token, man. You guys heard the ads in the beginning. I'm happy to create an ad for you. Uh, just uh, come up with it. Come up and get one of these ad tokens here. I'll make sure to pin it. Um, they're only 0.05, man. It's nothing. And uh, we have a good time with them, man. I try to make them as fun as possible. Um, Lore's Little Villains is live. You can always check that out. Uh, and then, of course, always protect your feet from rugs. Make sure you're getting your stuff from Trait merch and then your profile picture is looking a little lonely so make sure that you go to lady lumi to get it lumified um yeah man get your profile picture friend they fucking deserve it they're in your wallet all day we know what's in your wallet it's nothing good it's nothing good and we know it so why don't we like at least grace them with a friend that they can hang out with um I think that's going to be important. And then, oh, look, guys, I know that you guys go to a lot of spaces, man. I, I get it. Uh, I appreciate that you guys come here all the time. But you already know uh, what sepa sets, separates us from the rest. Uh, and that is that we are proudly sponsored here by drugs if you like getting high man i totally recommend that you check out daddiesdeltas.com uh use promo code red you'll get 20 percent off the sale we get 20 percent of the sale and uh you get high as fuck buddy we get paid and the system keeps on rolling tonight's guest we got web3 adam talking about that wooba 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 music um and finding out what the fuck it's gonna what, what he's doing here in web3 uh and what's going on with that man if you fucking like electronic music if you love that wubba wubba um you're gonna love this episode man there's gonna be a lot to unpack here so i'm fucking excited about it fucking web3 adam bro how are you doing today homie i'm good man thanks for having me i appreciate you guys uh i, I love the music aspect of web3 that's not what drew me to web3 but I'm, I'm exploring it now as i'm diving deeper uh i started it uh with the, the gen life like most of you guys so um happy to talk about web three happy to talk about music happy to talk about both let's get into it let's fucking go bro um dude uh I, so i i kind of we uh, Brittany. i hope you remember the, the the last three the last three questions that we asked last night uh we're gonna need them today i think i remember them. we'll get to that at the end but i, I want i'm a fan of origin stories bro i'm a huge fan of origin stories so i want to know kind of what your web three origin story is how did you get in here uh what's your story bro Sure. So uh, I, I'm an attorney. Uh, I'm just about 30 years old. I turn 30 uh, next week. Um, so uh, I started Wait, out. You're an attorney? Uh, Sorry, bro. You're an attorney? I am. I, I'm a man of uh, many jobs and talents, but attorney is my main gig for sure. Fucking Esquire. <laughs> we got fucking Web3 Adam Esquire in the motherfucking house. Uh, That's correct, I'm gonna, yeah. So I'm going to bro i want to talk to you more we'll I'm sorry to interrupt but i got to make that notation please move forward bro not at all man uh so yeah I, I started my own law firm straight out of college uh my dad's always had his own company uh i always had the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit uh didn't know that um i don't know what you don't know in law and as much as you want to be an entrepreneur uh you need that real world experience uh but my web3 journey kind of started there uh ignorance was bliss uh, it was 2017 when I graduated from law school, passed the bar in September 2017. Uh, so you guys know uh, ICO, ICO Mania was basically 
uh, roaring and all was well. Um, so I was kind of paying attention to uh, crypto, what was happening. And then um, after the whole crash in the beginning of 2018, um, I said, I want to try to start doing some work in this. Um, went to a couple of conferences, ended up writing a legal opinion with a, a former partner of mine and a law school buddy of mine for a early scaling solution to Ethereum called GoChain. Um, that was around in uh, 2018, 2019. Um, ended up getting listed on Binance, uh, Bitrix, a couple of the other ones, big ones back then. Um, then I kind of, uh, the, the work dried up. Uh, as I said, I was like a 25-year-old kid straight out of law school. Um, people that were still paying for legal stuff were going with the big firms. Um, so I uh, went into real estate, uh, really loved music, was a DJ in college had the opportunity to um, start a label with a friend of mine. Uh, didn't expect it to get where it went. Basically, it was a pandemic side project. Um, and then it kind of blew up out of nowhere. Uh, we're, uh, I think, the fastest growing label in dubstep right now. Um, if you've heard of artists like Liquid Stranger or um, Space Jesus or um, people like that, those were like the big people before the pandemic. Um, Space Jesus isn't really around. He got canceled. But... Um, there's a whole bunch of other artists there, but those are probably the two most famous names from before the pandemic uh, were in that genre. And um, yeah, managed a bunch of artists and uh, kind of came back into Web3, um, made a bunch of money on a rug pull before it went bust, um, lost like 90% of what I made, but I got it really early. So I still ended up making a good amount of money, rolled it into NFTs, um, and here I am today. Fuck yeah, bro. Um, (laughs) Here's a funny thought is it's somewhere, somewhere in the world, man. And I'm not somewhere in this, in the States. I assume there is a lawyer listening to fucking, uh, techno music, fucking having a good time out there in the rave or somewhere. Uh, that makes me happy. The thought of that just fucking, it tickles my soul. Um, bro. So what, how did you decide to start forming your record label? Uh, how many people do you have on there? Give give me the lowdown on that, bro. Sure. So uh, the record label uh, is a separate management company. We manage uh, nine different projects right now through our, our management company. Uh, through the record label, we release music every uh, Wednesday. We've done that for the last two years. So we've released uh, probably close to 100 different artists. Um, but uh, basically, uh, a friend of mine um, was putting out like uh, mixes. He was hitting up uh, a small emerging artists within our genre that have like 5,000 followers and less and asking them for a mix. Um, so he can post it on uh, a SoundCloud page that he was developing. Uh, we started going to shows together. Um, basically said, yeah, I have the legal background where we can give this a shot. We're both basically uh, working from home during the pandemic. Uh, got a lot of time on our hands. Which, uh, now or never, we have, a, we have a shot. Let's get it done. Um, we got a couple of uh, releases going early, getting in some traction. Um, people really like the branding. Uh, Wubaholics, it's like alcoholics, but for wubs. So uh, people like that. Uh, I'm addicted to the music type uh, branding and, and feeling. Um, and uh, it's all about family. So uh, that's one thing that's really um, similar to Web3. And one of the things that I've liked about NFT communities is uh, at the end of the day, you're building a community, you're building a family. Uh, the music can uh, be good, but at the end of the day, uh, what keeps you there, what keeps people there are... Uh, memories, good times, good people. Um, that's what keeps people coming back. So um, that's what we're trying to build. And um, 
yeah, that's all right now. Yeah, dude, there's so much to unpack there. Uh, I'm trying to like cling on to, to every word you're saying here. Sorry, uh, man. It's all good. Uh, if I can, uh, I'm trying to to see. You you talked about you you had uh, you you've already released hundreds of artists. How are you? How are you finding them? What are you doing? Are, are you using your Are you using your mutant at all for um, branding for it? At all? Are you, Are you doing anything with that using your IP? No. So uh, that's actually. Uh, I guess I can go into like what I don't like about music and Web three and what I see the future of Web three and music as kind of. Um, and you can stop me whenever. But basically, uh, my mutant and all that uh, is separate. I have a different. Um, Twitter that I use for more than music stuff. Um, this Twitter is more for just Web3 stuff. And if there's some music crossover, great. But uh, to me, they're two like, separate interests that I'm pursuing, even though there is crossover. Um, I, I don't really like the whole using your mutant uh, or ape for like, uh, like the way that I'm sure you guys have all seen the board apes at Tomorrow World and uh, Club 11 in Miami having the 11 ape and stuff like that. Um, for lack of a better way of calling it, I kind of think that's cringy. Um, the the underground culture of music that we're in, we're not like main stage, like ultra music festival type music. We're more like the 20,000 people in the woods um, and a couple of stages type festivals. And while we're getting more mainstream and we're playing festivals like Imagine and Lothlands and um, other, other big festivals that have more commercial appeal as well, um, we want to kind of stay true to that kind of music. And within that culture, um, it's kind of more about like organicness and, and, and realness and uh, kind of just using something for, uh, for clout. Um, so uh, that's the one thing that I kind of don't like about it. Uh, that being said, I love what it does for content creators. Uh, it gives people the ability to make some money uh, and, and capitalize on communities that they're building. Uh, and the underlying technology actually has like a lot of really cool implications for ticketing and uh, royalty shares and revenue for artists. Um, so there, there is a lot of stuff that's going on uh, that I love about it in the music scene for sure. Bro, you're the you're the fucking punk rock of the Web three uh, uh, dubstep scene, bro. Uh, fucking, it's like no major nothing. I'm not selling out my fucking mutant and music. Yeah, dude, I fucking dig it, bro. I'm gonna party out in the fucking woods. Uh, this is true <laughs> DJ shit. Uh, not the famous profile picture DJ shit. I love it, dude. Um, fuck yeah, bro. Party in the woods. Tell me about that. That's what I want to know. You talked. <laughs> about right now you just gave me something that i definitely want to hone into Twenty thousand people in the fucking woods uh you must have a story associated that didn't just come out of nowhere so dive into that for me bro tell me like what that that experience is bro sure so uh i mean as of now the um kind of festivals that our genre throws are um things like uh Wakan music festival which is on mulberry mountain in alabama um, basically like on the top of a mountain, beautiful scenes, but far away from people so they can build huge stages and have people camping out. Um, as opposed to more of the, uh, ultra where it's like downtown Miami, um, costs millions of dollars to build. Um, uh, our, our genre is like five years, six years old, really, um, kind of just gaining traction in the last couple of years. Whereas like house music, like 40 years old, been around since the seventies and eighties. So those people where we're at right now, they've, made their money they're building big fancy clubs like space and 11 and all that kind of stuff in miami or like mirage in brooklyn and uh we're kind of trying to build up to that right 
right now we're uh, we're out in the, the wilderness uh, doing our thing, kind of where they were at like 20, 30 years ago. So uh, it's kind of cool to see. Fucking what, what the? I didn't even know that there was a rape. What, what what state did you say? Alabama. I, I'm in Florida, uh, but there's I mean, one of the biggest ones and kind of getting commercialized now is Electric Forest out in Michigan. You know, I've heard about Electric Forest, but if you Google pictures of Electric Forest, uh, Google Electric Forest aerial, and you'll see like a drone shot of what it looks like at night lit up, and all you see is a bunch of trees and then like rainbow lights for acres. It's crazy, uh, but yeah, there's a whole subculture out there. I mean, like Burning Man is in a desert, so it's kind of like the same thing. Um, Okeechobee is on a, a lake uh, with a, a campground, so um, there, there's a bunch of different cool scenes out there, and it's not just uh, going to downtown and go to a music festival. There's a lot, a lot of pretty cool places out there. What the fuck, bro? This is the first time I've ever that I've ever seen this. I didn't even know that this was a thing. Um, wow, very fucking cool. Uh, that's crazy, bro. Um, so you keep talking about this genre. Uh, you keep saying uh, this genre started. You know what I mean. So um, when, when when I when I hit you up, you said wub wub. The first thing I thought about was like dubstep and like um, uh, mm-hmm. house and dubstep are the two that came to mind. But when you're talking about genre, what what genre of electronic music are you talking about? What what is this? So I say dubstep is like the the big like house music is a big subgenre, and then you can have like tech house, progressive house, uh, main stage house, all these different kind of subgenres within house music. Dubstep is kind of the same, um, where you have like the really heavy stuff um, that people know as dubstep um, when they first hear it. Uh, it's kind of the heavy metal of electronic music, but then you also have um, uh, hybrid trap. Like trap is more like hip hop beats on steroids. Like if a producer doesn't have to worry about fitting vocals in there and making it flow for vocals and they can just make crazy sounds to hip hop beats. That's kind of what they produce. And our genre is kind of like a hybrid between, um, like hip hop beat structure with some crazy experimental sounds and, um, every, anywhere from like heavy to psychedelic. There's a, a pretty wide spectrum of them. Um, so, uh, it's more like party music, but, rather than just break your head it's like stuff that you can still bop around to i think uh, i like to describe it let's uh, uh, i'm so like uh electronic music music is so foreign to me i mean it's not too too foreign um i've actually seen diplo perform live i just want to point that out uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I've, uh you know what i mean so i i've interviewed um a few uh electronic artists um but it's 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 odd i don't know not odd i fucking remember i grew up in like the rave scene so like i i um like i i was there when i would go to those those things but i was never familiar with uh the the djs and things like that who are some that you that so, you so recommend you're not, you're not just a creep tft you actually used to hang out under bridges and in, in tunnels and shit like that back in the day yeah well uh, so <laughs> for us it was warehouses yeah it would, be, nice. it would be where it would be warehouses they would i and, and you used to feel like uh wow you know what i mean these guys little you know it just seemed so amazing that it was not in a club does that make sense that it was like uh that it was that it was in a warehouse it was the the idea was foreign to me and i was like more in a rock and so when i saw those things i just thought it was interesting i was used to like the venue style so when i when i see things like that when i think about the warehouses where i think about this thing in the forest um they're fun you know what i mean they're like these uh these things that shouldn't be but are um and Absolutely. so yeah there's a there's a bit of an it's like you feel like you're doing something naughty something you're not supposed to be doing you know um and 
yeah, man, I don't know. I, I love that. So where are you finding your artists for your label? Uh, we find them on SoundCloud mostly. So um, we, we basically dig, at least this is how it was in the early days, we would dig through SoundCloud, uh, find people that didn't have a lot of followers but were making music that we thought was worthy of a bunch of followers uh, and kind of trying to put them on um, a few of our songs did really well, started getting played out by a lot of the bigger artists at festivals and on tour shows and stuff like that. Uh, we just gained traction there and uh, started releasing music with bigger artists. A lot of the music that we released at the beginning, those artists really started to grow and take off. So um, kind of a bunch of different things. Us growing, the artists that we were putting on growing, um, that really all just kind of came together. And I think the consistency of uh, releasing good music every Wednesday for two years uh, really started to, to build that community up. That's so interesting, man. Uh, so you were talking about that you think that there are places uh, that Web3 and, and Music Connect, you just uh, you don't believe in the clout portion of using uh, your PFP to push your music. Uh, rather, you see a, a, another, a bunch of different other industries. How do you think Web3 is going to affect music? And wh what are you seeing? How are you seeing it affect music today? So uh, starting with today, I think one of the biggest benefits of Web3 and music is giving content creators the ability to launch NFTs, to build communities, to uh, launch a, a DAO. Not that I necessarily think that a DAO is a great idea currently with the way that DAOs are run or anything like that. Um, but uh, it, it, there's different things that are being done to um, give people a say in their artist's career, to give artists the freedom to be able to... Uh, I guess, make some money off of their content in ways other than streaming because streaming revenue is absolutely terrible from Spotify and SoundCloud. I'll tell you guys that. Um, we do half a million streams a month and make about a thousand dollars in streaming a month. Um, that barely covers like our art, our distribution. So like the, the label is really like a zero sum game at this point, uh, unless you can really pay to make it um, multi million streams or billion streams. Uh, it's really just a way to connect with artists and, grow the artist management side and get our label put on for bookings. Um, and that's what I, I hope that Web3 can change in the sense that you can uh, try to take back some of the revenue that's going to Spotify or SoundCloud and uh, build a community, launch NFTs, do things like that. Um, but where I really think that Web3 can help music, uh, it's music industry as a whole, uh, for instance, NFTs being used as tickets and uh, allowing people to not have a 60 or $70 ticket for an event that ends up scaling up to $250 on the secondary market. Uh, at the end of the day, people can release the tickets early for people that they know are hardcore fans or whatever it is and not worry about the secondary revenue because they can set a percentage and they can earn as the tickets go up and as they get sold here and there. Um, kind of encourages flipping, but at the end of the day, I think it also uh, allows people to lower prices and give people a better entry point. Uh, it also helps with fraud prevention. Uh, using NFTs where you, you, the code is in well, you can't uh, copy it. Um, you can't just copy and paste it. Like, uh, you can actually use those to, to stop people getting scams at NFL games, uh, in parking lots, buying tickets, or, or NBA games. Um, so I think uh, that is a, a huge um, positive for sporting events and music events. Um, and I mean, if you can just imagine if the NFL or NBA or Live Nation or whatever it is, put uh, a two or three or four or 5% uh, secondary royalty revenue on these tickets, 
um, how much money they would be able to generate on the secondary and what they would be able to do with that in terms of better experiences and lowering that initial uh, entry point for people that are trying to go see a favorite, one of their favorite events. Um, that's, that's one thing. Um, also, uh, I don't want to like call names or, or, or bash on projects, but there's a, there's projects out there that try to help with um, streaming and I don't think they did it the right way. Um, copyrights were, were not really thought of artist IP, which people in the, uh, in the web three space are, are kind of understanding of because of the IP behind NFTs. Um, people don't like that the second you can upload your, song to uh, one of these platforms on the blockchain that it's, it's there forever so anybody can upload it you can't really take it down um, there, there's different IP things that need to be figured out before blockchain streaming can can be a, a, a net positive but being able to track royalties with blockchain and make sure that people are getting paid properly um, is a huge thing in the music industry um, so I think there are a bunch of net positives there and I'm sure there's plenty more that I haven't talked about uh, but that, that's basically where my head is at with music and and web three right now, bro. Who there was a there was a I guess a mildly famous. I don't I don't know who it was, man. But there was a rapper who recently released uh, um, music off of NFTs. I think he sold them for a dollar a piece, and he had a million of them. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't know, um, but I'd love to look into that. Yeah. So I guess my well, my question is okay. All right, here. Let me let me even make it simpler. Sure. I bought an uh, NFT. I think, right? I apologize. Go ahead. It was Tory Lanes, right? Sometime yeah, last th- year. Th- yeah, I think so. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, what? What? Here's what I was going to ask you. Let's say that I bought. Um, well, recently I bought a song from somebody that that created it, and I have the IP rights to it. Now I can use that to put into um, music, or I'm sorry, into into movies, into my podcast, uh, into videos, whatever it is I want to do on that front. That's cool. Will there be a point where people who buy the song will also share in the royalties from that? Do you think that that's ever going to be a thing? So uh, I think that's kind of where the NFT market is right now. And everyone knows when you buy an NFT to your favorite community, you're not getting equity in the underlying company. Uh, you're not getting that royalty share. And I think right now the reason that that is is because of securities laws and people are worried about um, what would happen if they started doing that and whether or not they can go to jail or get fined. Um, so I, I think once the regulatory uh, framework is, is set and um, we have clear guidance on as to what, that treatment would be, you'll start it, whether it's through securities offerings, if it is a security or um, just maybe on OpenSea, if it's not, uh, you could buy and, and sell the, the ones that give you revenue, revenue share. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think that it's something that artists would want to do, uh, basically crowdfund their projects maybe early on, um, but the ones that are successful and established, I don't know that that's what they want to do. Uh, in terms of NFTs, what I think could be good, like I don't see Tory Lanez releasing a million NFTs as a good thing. Um, just like you wouldn't want to buy a PFP project or have a million PFPs. Uh, scarcity is is important in Web3 and, and in NFTs. So I think there would be something cool, like if Tory Lanez released a one of one, and then of that same song, he released a one of 10 with some different art, and then a one of 100. You can kind of have like tiered uh, NFTs that give you that access and scarcity. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily love that, love that but if your um, plan is to onboard a bunch of people and get a million people into Web3 with cheap NFTs, then it's a wonderful thing. 
Interesting. Uh, so that's fucking securities. That's what's fucking the game up. Uh, yep. I don't know. That would be badass, right? That if a song got put into a movie or something, did you got like a little royalty off of that? Uh, is that money good? Is royalty money good? Uh, sync licensing. So like getting your, your music in movies or TV shows or video games, that money is great. Uh, because no, normally you're getting paid like an upfront fee. You're not getting a, a, a royalty for uh, X percent or whatever it is every time it's played. Um, so it, it's nice to be able to get that upfront fee. Typically, that's a song that's on Spotify or on SoundCloud anyway, earning you royalties. So uh, it's just a nice little bonus at, at that point. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's pretty good money. Uh, sync licensing and uh, touring are really the, the two places that you can make the most money with touring being number one. Damn. All right. So um, the residuals game isn't uh, like even on, on radio plays, I guess radio plays would be even, even less than streaming or more. Yeah, I would say even less. And on top of that, Damn. a lot of small artists, a lot of small artists aren't um, signed up with like BMI or ASCAP, which are uh, corporations that basically track people's plays across like radio stations like that and make sure you get paid. So if, if you're not registered with a, with a PRO like that, and if you don't have your music registered, um, then you're not going to get paid if it, even if it does get played. Um, so uh, there's really a lot of things that emerging artists don't know, and that's why people like myself exist, to uh, help them kind of navigate that. And uh, like I wasn't uh, someone that had that kind of experience. I just had a passion for the music and um, wanted to, to do something more with it. So it's not something that like nobody can learn. Anyone can learn it. And I'll just say this, um, a lot of the music industry, there are professional people, um, more so in electronic music, but it's kind of like the wild west out there right now. It's like web three in the sense that like, it's still young. Um, there's not always like the most professional people in there. People are still trying to figure it out. So, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like it. And one of the reasons why I like web three is, uh, it's kind of a level playing field right now. It's not like the old record label model, um, from back in the day where you had to really climb the ladder and impress the right three people in the world to make it. So, um, I like where we're at right now. Very good, bro. Um, I love it, man. Um, that's, it's interesting stuff, uh, to think about. Are you, are you music law? Is that what you do? No, I do real estate and corporate law. Uh, music law is basically just corporate law contracts mixed with IP, um, and understanding intellectual property. Um, so yeah, when people say they're an entertainment lawyer, it's basically just like contracts, corporate and IP mixed in. So, I mean, you understand IP pretty well then, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, I, I think I understand IP pretty well. Um, the thing that uh, people don't really understand with these licenses and with NFTs and stuff like that, every license is different. Um, every license can say certain things. You don't always own the IP. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have any specific questions, I'm happy to get into that kind of stuff. Bro, uh, tons. I have tons. <laughs> uh, you, will pro you are now, I'm, I am deeming you our official uh, IP expert. You're legal now. You are legal. Uh, I'm going to send you point zero 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 one ETH and you're on retainer. <laughs> so we're going to bring you up every now and then when we have fucking questions. Or it's going to ask an expert um, about this shit. So, the, like, you're mutant, man. Like, I'm, do you have full IP rights on that? Like, I, would, like I, I do not have full IP rights. I have commercial IP rights, but I don't. I don't technically own the art. Yuga owns the art. Yuga can use the art for whatever they want. Um, I can also use it. I'm besides Yuga. I'm the exclusive 
person that can use it and commercialize it without getting the license. <clears throat> but Yuga technically has the license to, to use it, which I think is, is okay. Um, you'd want the company that uh, is, is using the IP to be able to, to use it. Um, however, if another company wanted to commercialize it, uh, say like in a movie or something else like that, then I would have to grant the rights. Um, as opposed to like Proof and Moonbirds and the whole CCO thing, um, once you make something CCO, it's in the public record. Um, it is now public domain and anybody can use it. Anybody can make money off of it. No one's owed royalties on, on it uh, and you can't take it back. So um, there's a hundred things in between that you can do between full ownership and CCO. Uh, and that's basically where most projects lie. Okay, what, what is CCO? CCO is basically when something is in the public domain. Um, it, there is no copyright. Everything uh, belongs to the public. Um, it's a creative commons license, basically, is what it's called. All right. So how are, okay. So s separate, but we'll continue with this. But so how are those folks that like when I sign up for Adobe or in any, anything that has like free sounds to it, um, like how are these folks, how are these folks being able to make money from their license? If the song is free that you can use for podcasts, uh, et cetera, background music. So, um, it's not that they can make money off of that. I mean, if, if I put a song out there and it's uh, creative commons and anyone can use it for uh, anything like a podcast, like background music for movies, stuff like that. But somebody uh, they, had to they, create that. You're right. Someone created it, but they also said that I created this and I don't want to make any money off of it. And I think it's better for it to be in the public domain than it is for me to make money on it. Um, and there's certain times where I think that's insanely beneficial, uh, like open source software um, things like that that are truly public goods. I think CCO is uh, insanely beneficial and allows people to build and, and do things like that. Um, I don't see how it would be beneficial in music. The only time I see it being beneficial is like um, someone famous uh, has a 20-year career. They're not really making much on their music anymore and they want to let people remix it or, or use the uh, lyrics and spice it up and put different spins on it and they want to make their whole uh, things CCO they can or what they can also do is just grant people a license to use it and if they monetize it then he has to approve it uh, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do so CCO is not the end all be all um, and I personally think that it will be only be reserved for things that are supposed to be like public goods for people to, to build on and create off of so interesting, bro. Uh, now, how expensive are these licenses? Like, if I wanted to license, you know, I, yeah, if I wanted to license a, a, a piece of music, how do you go about, like, how do you even go about doing that, and how, how much is it? Well, first, someone has to want it. Um, that's the most important thing. Uh, you have to have built up a brand or a following or made the perfect piece of music for uh, a, a specific scene or whatever it is. Um, but typically, it has to do with the artist. Um, and their popularity. So the popularity will have to do with how much they get paid. Um, the placement, if it's just being used as background music in a scene when they're uh, sitting talking in a cafe as opposed to uh, a big blaring 45-second action scene where there's no words and it's just your song glaring in the background. I mean, there's different scenarios that would call for different payment structures and everything is a negotiation. Um, but yeah, so anytime someone wants to use music like that, they basically have to either go out there and license it, find something that's in the public domain, or 
Oftentimes they have people who are scoring the movie and stuff like that uh, who will create it. Um, but where, usually there's just a licensing department. So where do you find where do you find stuff on public domain? Like if we and we're not just talking about music here. You're talking about artwork stuff like that. Where would the, where does a person go to get find CCO stuff? Um, so most old stuff is CCO just because the copyrights have uh, been extinguished. Uh, copyright, um, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I looked this up, but I believe it's 75 years after the death of the author that it extends for. Um, and if it's a corporation, I think it's 120 years after the creation and the registration of the copyright. Um, so think something like Disney owning the copyright to Mickey Mouse. Um, that would be like a corporation where it's a, a set amount of years. I think it's 120 right now. Um, as opposed to someone like uh, Mick Jagger having the rights to his music, and then he passes away, and his family would own the copyright then after his death for, uh, I believe, 75 years. So um, would they need to renew that? No, there is no renewal. After that, it would become CCO. It would fall into the No matter debt. what, it becomes CCO. Uh, well, not no matter what. Uh, that corporate rule and the other rule, um, it was life plus 30, and then it was life plus 50, and then it was life plus 70. And you can imagine who was uh, the biggest lobbyer uh, when it comes to that. I already named them. Uh, it's Disney. Um, they just want to keep uh, Mickey Mouse out of the public domain, and they'll keep spending millions and millions of dollars lobbying it to keep extending that. Um, but as of now, if the law doesn't get extended, then uh, yes. That's uh, so interesting, that dude. I never knew that. I so all of this stems from fucking Disney. Uh, <laughs> that's wild, bro. Uh, that 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 they that they lobby for copyright law because they don't want to fucking lose. They want it to be a forever brand, forever. So all right, so check this out. What happens if I were to buy a mutant and then register that as CCO? Now where are we at with it? Uh, technically, only your um, license would be CCO or your specific mutant would be CCO. Um, I don't know that you would be able to legally do that though, because at the end of the day, you're not the end copyright owner. You're a licensee. So I, I don't know what effect that would have. I'd have to look into that. That's actually a good question. Um, but Yuga technically is the end copyright owner. So I think they would have to be the ones to CCO it. Right, I think that that'd be a great publicity stunt no matter what, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> get people talking. Uh, yeah. You know, the win, win or lose. Oh, shit. That's my bad. My bad, Britt. I did not mean to leave you out of the conversation. Sometimes <laughs> I just keep my phone down. I don't even look at it. Um, bro, uh, that's fucking super interesting shit. Um, I, I talked to a dude a lot by the name of Sid. He, he's working on the crypto <laughs> homies, uh, NFA, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, fucking he, he dealt, I don't know if he still do. I, well, I assume he does, but a, a lot of licensing deals, man. And, and he's made so much money um, off of licensing. He was buying like, uh, um, I don't know, he was buying fucking NFL or college team uh, the rights to their IP to be able to put them on shirts and hats and stuff and selling the shit out of those. Um, but I don't know, man. There's just so much. Um, I'm a huge fan of IP. And so there's so much behind it. I just feel like I got to learn way more about that, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think IP is very important. I think it's the way to protect innovation. I think it 
fosters innovation because people don't want to invent something and put all their time and effort into it if they're not going to be able to reap the rewards. Um, so I, I do think that it's important. One of the reasons why I don't think that the blockchain crypto uh, attempts at streaming were successful, um, none of the big artists are going to use it if you can't protect their IP. So um, I, I think it's the, the biggest thing currently right now that Web3 and music needs to solve because inherently blockchain is public. If it's on the blockchain, it can't be taken off and anyone can access it. So um, I'm thinking that that could be solved with some programming on a second layer level, uh, whether it's a, a, an L2 or um, maybe an application on top of an L2 that has specific programming that allows you to take uh, IP things into, into account. Um, and and has some sort of mechanism to protect it from people uploading music that isn't theirs, let's say, and trying to reap the benefits of that, um, which happens more than you could possibly think. So um, it, it's an important thing that we have to take in, in, into account, and I don't think we're there yet, which is why uh, I'm hopeful, but uh, not on anything that we have right now. All right, man. When you look at, like, BAYC, MAYC, what has been so far your favorite use uh, of the IP uh, to date? Um, so full disclosure, uh, I own a couple of these NFTs. Um, I love what Jenkins is doing with uh, the whole storytelling aspect of NFTs and kind of building a world um, based off of that. Um, I think that's amazing. Um, I haven't really looked too much into Kingship, uh, but that's another one that I kind of want to look into that's using the IP for storytelling purposes. Um, but yeah, I really Jenkins, Jenkins is the, the main one for me that I'm, I'm loving. Um, I also like people being able to license their NFTs for, for brand awareness and stuff like that. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Jenkins is definitely the winner for me. Interesting, man. I, uh, I asked because I, I just got in the mail. Uh, I have the board breakfast. NFT, mm-hmm. yeah, man. I just got in the mail. I, I ordered one of their shirts, so I'm excited to check that out. Uh, but uh, I, I, I like what they did, man. I like what they did. I like the the board burgers or whatever the hell that is. Uh, the board and hungry. Um, yeah, board and hungry is cool. I like what I like. I also like what Haritos is doing uh, with NFTs and stuff. I like how they're getting in on the NFT game. They're, they're buying, uh, uh, they've bought gutter cats. They've bought, I think dead fellas as well. DJ tunes. Um, but they are kind of capitalizing on it. And I'm going to be curious to see how brands, uh, decide to use these IPs. And I, and I figure that they will, right. I mean, they wouldn't just buy them just to buy them. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to keep into account that the, these major multinational corporations have, Ten to hundred million dollar marketing budget. So buying a, a board ape or buying something else uh, and using it to market it um, really could just be a stab in the dark. And and I think you're kind of seeing a lot of people who are trying to use it are, are flopping and failing pretty miserably. Um, it's the ones who are going in and hiring native Web three teams that are starting to see some success. And whether that's um, Adidas or or Nike or uh, Starbucks. Um, hiring some Web3 native people to roll out an NFT rewards program. Um, those are the ones that I think that we should be paying attention to, not necessarily just the brands that are buying NFTs and clapping on their Twitter. Not that Haritos isn't doing a good job. I, I think they are. And whoever's running that Twitter seems to really understand Web3. So they're actually a pretty good one. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's what I think we should be focusing on um, rather than just the people who are trying to capitalize it, uh, capitalize off of it, which is where I think kind of the uh, apes playing Tomorrowland and stuff like that kind of lies. So interesting, bro. Um, yeah, man. I hope, uh, dude, I, I hope that we can call on you every now and If nothing more than just as a joke, uh, the hired attorney call you in whenever there's an issue and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'd love to be able to do that, man. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, fuck yeah, bro. Uh, dude, I think this is a good time to play Are You a D-Gen? Um, and so we just kind of, we have three questions to ask. Uh, based on kind of how you you answer them uh, determines if you are a degen or just a, a normal civilian that's into uh, NFT tokens, right? <laughs> right? So let's see. Um, I forget. I only remember the. I only remember the the last question. All right. Oh, I remember the first one now. All right. So what was your? What's been your biggest loss in the NFT game so far? Oh. Um... I went in on some one ones. I don't know if anyone here remembers one ones, but uh, they had an artist who had some art selling on uh, like one of one uh, art selling for like five, six ETH. I can't really remember his name now. This is just when I was getting into um, uh, web into NFTs. Um, I liked the art. I kind of liked his one of one art. I uh, saw that he had some success there, so uh, I put a couple of ETH into a bunch of them. Uh, ended up selling them for basically nothing. Um, so that was a nice little lesson learned there. Um, yeah, it's probably probably the worst one. Thankfully, not too bad. A couple of years. Do you have any rug stories? Yes. So it's not an NFT rug story, um, but a crypto rug story. Um, I got in on a project called Guard. Um, there's an a, a ecosystem called the Wolf Den. Um, if you were in the the telegram, the warning signs were rampant. And anytime you asked a question, they talked down to you like you were the biggest idiot in the world and basically like bullied you into like admitting your question was stupid um, and that you shouldn't have asked it in the first place. Um, and it, it was this uh, um, yield farming project basically. Um, and it went from point zero zero one cents or something like that up to $18. Uh, so I wrote it from 16 cents up to 18 and then uh, they basically pulled the rug and I sold at seven. So uh, I, it was a good story because I still made enough money to, to go into NFTs. Um, but I had a couple of friends who, uh, the, the people who got me into it, uh, they held all the way down and didn't listen to me when I was kind of screaming like, this is a rug, we should all sell. Like, um, And that kind of like helped me get independence and kind of, uh, understand like look like if it smells like shit it probably is um, so that was my story and even though uh, I have a couple of friends that lost some money on it um, it was a good story for all of us and we all definitely learned a lesson on it bro fucking a dude uh, a win on a rug is a, it's a really great story that is <laughs> really not, that is not the uh, <laughs> it's not the norm uh, alright man alright so check it out you've got one ETH that's it, bro. One ETH. What are you doing with it? Ooh. I got one ETH right now. I'm probably splitting it up into, um, I'd say, five different pieces and putting it into layer two projects equally and 
letting the layer two summer begin. I have non-financial advice. Um, I think that layer two scaling solutions and Ethereum are uh, the end all be all. I, I'm uh, a fan of Ethereum's goal of having the entire world economy running through Ethereum at some point. Um, and while I know that it's not absolutely going to happen, and there's a lot of things that have to happen for it to get there, the only way that it's successful is if a roll-up centric environment thrives. Uh, so understanding that and thinking uh, about a long-term bet on Vitalik and Ethereum, um, roll-ups seem to be the way to go. So that's where I'd do it. Fucking roll-ups, baby. Uh, man, that was great financial advice. Dude. We appreciated that, uh, bro. That's a, that's amazing. No, um, Britt, uh, I want to get your opinion before before I give mine. Uh, Degen or, or, or not? Making out on a rug pull is pretty degen like, so I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, dude. At first, I was like, yeah, two. Uh, so I don't know, man. Um, I was going to say <laughs> winning. Uh, you're like the winning degen, bro. That's what you are. You are a winning fucking degen. Uh, Please don't drink me. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock on wood three times. Um, fucking shit, bro. Uh, yeah, man. I, I think you're degen, bro. And then the, I was like, well, the ETH is so calculated, but you're throwing it across equally. You're play, making several different motherfucking plays with that one ETH. Uh, and then you mentioned layer two, which automatically makes you a web three nerd. Therefore you are fully degen, bro. Um, I love it, man. I, I appreciate you. Dude. I appreciate you, man. Um, do you have any other, do you, is there anything else that you'd like to add something that you, that you want to touch on that we didn't let me know, bro. Uh, yeah, just a, a quick plug. If you don't mind, uh, I do write a completely free to subscribe blog, uh, I am no expert. I am uh, just someone who wants to continuously learn and kind of take that journey on Web3. So I write a blog called Steak and Eggs. You can find it in my uh, in my profile. Um, I basically talk about Ethereum stuff, Layer 2s, uh, dApps, NFTs, bridges, all that good stuff. Uh, anytime something happens, I'll probably write on it just to teach myself about what's going on. So uh, if you read it and you like it, um, give me a follow. I appreciate it. Fuck yeah, bro. I'm pinning it right now. And then I'm, I'm going to also pin, um, I'm going to also pin here the Wubbaholics. You got to put that up there. Uh, make sure you follow these guys. What an awesome share you did. Let's see here. I'm trying to find something that's just you. Here we go. And I'm going to add this tweet to it. But yeah, man, follow Wubbaholics. Fucking, um, God damn it. I keep doing that, too. I'm a fucking old man trying to figure out technology. It sucks. All right. Got it pinned. Um, beautiful, bro. Uh, Britt, anything you want to say? Any closing remarks? I've never met a raving lawyer, so this is awesome. Um, I grew up raving my entire high school days. So this is fun to have a little talk back, talk about electric forests, all that good stuff. Thank you for coming on, and I'm definitely going to reach out to you if I have any IP questions. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're ever in, uh, if you ever see us coming into town or anything like that, and you want to check out a show, please message me. Let me know if I can get you on a guest to say Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to hold you to that. Hell yeah. Appreciate that. That fucking rules, dude. Uh, man, as always, uh, uh, well, as new, I suppose I should say, we're going to end it out with uh, with these commercials. Uh, remember to pick up your ad tokens. And if you have ad tokens, turn them in, man. I want to do fun shit, and I can only do it if you guys turn it in. Um, so fucking here we go. Here are the, the, this week's ads. We are going to get right into the show, but first, a couple of words from our sponsors. 
Yo! Join Dick Meat's NFL Survivor Pool for Creep Soldiers. Entry price is only 0.1 ETH, and there are only 20 entries available, all playing for a Creep's Genesis as the number one first place prize. You can also get a Mega Shapeshifter for second prize and a Lumi Vault or an RA for third prize. Super simple survivor pools. You don't need to know a ton about football to participate in this. You pick one team each week to enter the game. If that team wins, you move on to the next round. If that team loses, you're out. But be careful, you can only pick that team once. Hit up Thick Meat on Twitter at ThickerMeat to get registered today for Thick Meat's NFL Survivor Pool at an entry price of 0.1 ETH with only 20 slots available. Join up today at Thicker Meat on Twitter. Peace! Let's be honest. You look like a fucking bum. It's because of those socks. They're dirty, they're holy, and you've been wearing them for a year now. Look at you. Do you even have any dignity? Now look at Eddie. Eddie's full of dignity because he wears trait merch socks. Trait merch gives Eddie the confidence to walk into that board meeting knowing he's the smoothest motherfucker in the room. With two collections already released and several pairs of socks shipped all over the continental United States, Eddie is able to wear his trait merch with confidence, knowing that his socks are baller as fuck and has already been completely logged on the blockchain. Be like Eddie, get your dignity back and the ability to look your wife in the eye and say, damn it, Martha, I'm not a little boy. I'm a fucking man. Be a man or an extremely elegant woman with great taste and get trait merch today. Your feet will thank you and your significant other won't be so embarrassed to take you out in public. Find them on Twitter at Trait Merch. Trait Merch, protect your feet from rugs. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Brittany, be honest with me. Is uh, Eddie strutting around now after he's had that uh, that ad? Is he strutting around like fucking he's a shit? <laughs> Dude, I was like, oh, he's going to, he just left for basketball. I was like, you're not wearing those to basketball, are you? He was like, yeah, I'm not going to be on the show, so I got to hype it up. I was like, you don't need to flex with the tracer socks to go play ball. Like, come on, but he was set. I fucking love it, bro. Uh, he's walking around like Andrew Tate and shit. Uh, I dig it, bro. Never that. Never that, Lord, Lord. Never that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for fucking tuning in. This uh, Wednesday evening uh, fucking I appreciate you Web3 uh, Adam for coming in here um, being a part of it uh, dudes remember man it's uh, we're here to have a good time man fucking uh, just have fun uh, have faith stay calm everything's gonna be cool we'll be here in the bull before you know it until then remember it's not about one of us it's about all of us peace